Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. Where is the hope? Let me say that again. Where is the hope? I meet millions of people who feel demoralized by the decay around us. Where is the hope? The the hope that each of us has is not in who governs us or what laws we pass or what great things we do as a nation. Our hope is in the power of God working through the hearts of people. And that is where our hope is in this country, and that is where our hope is in this life. Those words were uttered by Chuck Colson. Many of you recognize that name. As a prelude to a song, uh, I can't believe it's been as long as it has been, but it's been uh, quite a while, by Stephen Curtis Chapman entitled Heaven in the real world. And it addresses an issue that I think is paramount uh, in our world today. As we look out into our world and as we look out into our neighborhoods and our workplaces, we see so many folks. And and even if they don't utter it audibly, there's this sense about them, this sense of hopelessness. There's this, where is the hope? Where it's out there, it must be out there somewhere, but where is the hope? And that's what I want to talk to you uh, about for just a few moments this morning, this aspect of hope. And as, as the church and as, as Christians, there are times that, unfortunately, we may fall into that, 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 that aspect of, of not truly losing hope, but just wondering and questioning and, and asking God where and why and how and, and what is going on and, and I don't understand. I truly believe that one of the, one of the marks of a, of a Christian who has given their lives to Christ in a really true and magnificent way is there will be a time in each of our lives that we will come into a place where something or circumstances will happen or or relationships will fall apart, where we stand there and we say to God in the midst of a prayer, God, I just don't understand. And there are times in which we can be tempted, even as Christians, even though, as they say, we know the end of the story, we know how it all turns out, but there is a temptation, even as Christians, especially as we look out into our world today, we are tempted to lose hope. I, as I mentioned, I have had the privilege of speaking and preaching and, and ministering in, in many different churches. And, and uh, under an undercurrent that I've heard many times, especially as 
uh, as I talk to those who are the saints of the church, who have been in there uh, in the church and involved in the ministry of the church for, for decades, the, there, there's this sense of, of what it used to be and, and, and what it is now, and what it is now is nowhere what it used to be. And, and there's almost a sense of, is there any hope? Well, what's it going to be like tomorrow? Is it going to be worse tomorrow than it is today? And where is the hope? And where is the revival? And, and, and there's almost a, a temptation to, uh, to say and ask the question, even, is it even worth it? Is it even worth going through all of this? And the question is, yes, it's worth it. Because one day we are going to be rewarded for our faith, even though it might be difficult now. And, and to say that the life of faith is easy would be a lie. Once you declare faith in Jesus Christ, I want you to know that you immediately have an enemy from the pit of hell itself that rails with every, everything that he has against you. The reality is the Christian life is not easy. It is a battle. Each and every day we are confronted uh, with temptation. We are confronted with things that would seek to draw us away. But the reality is, even in the midst of hopelessness that we see in our world, we as Christians, as Christ's followers, as disciples of the living God, have the uh, wonderful ability to have hope, even in the midst of hopeless times. If you would take your Bibles and open them up to the, uh, to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter, and we're going to be in chapter 1 this morning. And, and as you're turning there, let me just, just remark that if anybody could have hope in the midst of hopelessness, it would be the Apostle Peter. Because think of this, this Apostle Peter, whom Jesus called from, from the seaside, a, a fisherman, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men and hanging out and being with Jesus during the three or so years of his ministry and hearing the teachings and being the very one whom the others decided and declared, oh, oh, some say that you are this individual, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one of the other prophets, but it was Peter that declared through, through the power and the revelation of God, no, you are the Christ, the Messiah. That same Peter, not too long after that, declared three separate times, I don't even know who the man is. And the Bible declares that after the third time, he went out and wept bitterly because he knew what he had done. That Peter in that moment Hopelessness no doubt overtook him. I blew it. There's no way back. There's no way. And it was that same Peter after the resurrection that Jesus himself says, Simon, do you love me? Then feed my sheep on three separate occasions. There is hope. As long as we remain faithful, we have the assurance of hope until we receive the inheritance that's awaiting for us in heaven. You and I can have the assurance of hope in the midst of hopeless times. First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 3 this morning. First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. And if you could and are able, would you please stand for the reading of the word this morning? Uh, we are going to read down to uh, verse 5. 
First Peter chapter three or chapter one rather, uh, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through the faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Father, we thank you for, as we sung earlier, these ancient words. And we do pray, Father, that just as the song that we sung uh, reminded us, that we would open our hearts and allow them to transform our lives. I pray, Father, in these moments that, that you would hide me behind the cross of Christ, that, that my words would disappear and the words that would come forth from uh, my feeble, frail, uh, fleshly mouth would be transformed by your Holy Spirit to the words that each of us need this morning. We thank you in advance for what you are going to do in these moments, for it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> the word hope is, is a funny, and, and I don't mean funny and ha-ha, funny in a mysterious way, is a funny word. The word hope appears some 68 times within the pages of our New Testament. And scripture tells us that hope should reside, it should be a part of each and every one's life who has claimed the assurance of salvation. In 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 here, what, that we read in, in another version, it says, uh, or verse 15 rather, it says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. As Christians, there is the reality of a hope that lies within us. And it's a reality and it is a hope that we carry and should carry throughout our days, each and every day. It is a hope that, that we long for, a land that none of us have ever seen. We long for that place that the Bible tells us bits and fragments of this place of we know is heaven. But I'm here to tell you that the reality of that place is far beyond what our finite human minds can grasp. But yet we hope, we hope for that day. We hope for that day that, that our feet set foot on eternal ground. We hope for that day that we hear our names uttered by the Lord Jesus as we look into his face. Welcome home. Well done, good and faithful servant. Hope is a powerful thing, but yet the world and secular society in a, in a real way has hijacked this word of hope. We tend to see hope as putting luck. We, we hope we have good luck. In fact, there were uh, probably millions, I, I don't know the exact number of individuals, but there were probably a whole lot of folks who just a couple of days ago put their hope and everything that they have, their hope, in the midst of a couple of ping pong balls with numbers written on them that would come out in a, 
a particular sequence. They were hoping. In fact, uh, at work, uh, at work, I only spend about an hour with the folks that I work with, and then I'm out on my route doing, uh, doing my deliveries <clears throat> all by myself. But as we were in the midst of doing the work that we do at the beginning of the day and that, spending that hour over and over and over, man, what would you do? What would you, what would you do? What would, wow, what would you do? I mean, would you come to work? <laughs> would, you, would, <laughs> would you come to work? And, and uh, the fellow across the, uh, the conveyor belt from me said, yeah, I would come to work. I would come to work each and every day. And I, you know, and I said, yeah, high five, you know, we'll be here together, alone, but we'll be here. But people put their hope in, in so many things. And, and not to say that, and I don't want you to go away with, with the idea that hope in trivial things is wrong. We all do it. We all do it. Whether consciously or not, you know, uh, for example, uh, you know, I, in a very small way, am hoping for good weather this coming, uh, this coming weekend. You know, we put our things, our hope in things that are trivial at times, but when it comes to the Christian life, the hope that we have needs to be steadfast and rock solid. The, the Webster Dictionary defines hope as a desire with expectation of obtainment to expect with confidence. Verse 3 in our scripture today begins with Peter. And once again, just, just take a moment and realize all that Peter has come from and gone through. And yet in the midst of this and all the, all the ups and the downs, because Peter uh, is, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. I think I'm a little bit like Peter because Peter often spoke before he thought. And I am guilty of that uh, very thing. More times than I care to admit. And Peter is like that. But Peter, this, this same Peter who denied Jesus three separate times, begins verse 3 by praising God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you think that Peter in these moments is grateful for the mercy of God? I do. I do. We have hope. You and I have hope for a couple of different reasons First of all, you and I as Christians have hope because God is merciful. How many of you are thankful for the mercy of God today? <laughs> the reality that you are still here breathing in oxygen uh, is testament to the reality of the mercy of God. Oh, you might have gotten up with a few aches and you might have had to take some medicine, and you know, you, your life might not be uh, the picture perfect that you would think it would be, but each of us have been uh, wonderful, wonderful recipients of the mercy of God. God is merciful. If God wasn't merciful, we wouldn't even begin to think 
or begin to be able to talk about hope because there would be no hope. God is merciful, and in that we can have hope. The basis of our hope, it doesn't lie within ourselves. It lies within God. It is a good thing that it doesn't lie within us. Because Romans 3.23 says that you and I, each and every one of us, we've all sinned. We've all trespassed the known laws of God. We've all disobeyed and fallen short of the glory of God. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, it says that if we have no sin, we are deceiving, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. The basis of our hope can't lie within ourselves because we are fallen, we are frail, we are sinful, we are, as I like to put it, uh, we are jacked up people. And uh, one time I made in a different sermon, I, I said to the people, I'm not going to do it this morning. Uh, I, learned, I learned lessons at times. I told folks, you know, turn to the person next to you and tell them with everything in there that they are jacked up. And there were some husbands and wives who took a lot more pleasure in that than I, than I really wanted to. The, the, you know, especially the wives telling the husbands, because primarily it's probably true, you are jacked up. But the reality is, all of us are jacked up. We are sinful. We have no ability uh, when it comes to this aspect of hope, it can't lie within us because we are broken. We are messed up. We are sinful. The basis of the hope that we have today, the hope as Christians that we have, first of all, lies within the abundance of God's mercy. Mercy is getting what we don't deserve. This is not popular preaching, but it is biblical preaching. The reality is, you and I, none of us deserve heaven. None of us deserve forgiveness. None of us deserve anything that we look forward to in life. We don't deserve any of it. But because of God's great love and his mercy... We can look forward to it. We can know the power of forgiveness. We can know the power of being washed in the blood of the Lamb. We can know the reality that our sins, though they are scarlet, as the, the word declares, can be made as white as snow. And, and uh, as the accuser of the brethren goes before the Lord and says, you know that person down there. Man, they are messed up. They, let me tell you about their sins. And, and the Lord himself, I... I, I don't remember. Looking through the blood of my son, I, I, I don't see. We stand before him as though we have never sinned. And it is all because of God's great mercy. It was his mercy that, that, that in eternity past formulated the plan of the Godhead that Jesus Christ would come to earth, would walk as one of us, would go to a criminal's cross, would pour out his life, so that we can be reunited with him. Because the reality is what we deserve 
And that is something that I hear in, in, in our world, especially in the workplace. Give me what I deserve. Give me what I deserve. If we are Christians, please don't ever say that because the reality is what you deserve, what I deserve, is to be separated from God for all of eternity. That's what we deserve. But because of God's great mercy, we can look forward to the day that as the song we sang earlier, that we will rise, that we will shake off this broken down, sin-infested tent of flesh and we will rise imperishable to live uh, forever in brand new bodies. And I'm thankful for that. Mercy that was given to us while we were yet sinners. Romans chapter 5, the apostle Paul relates, while we were still sinners. You see, God didn't wait for us to get good. <laughs> He didn't wait for us to, as they say, to wash up before he would accept us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it's all because of his great mercy. And in that, we have hope. Mercy is accessible as we repent and confess our sins. Not just once. I've heard testimonies, and I love testimonies, of, of saints of the church who, who say, well, back in a certain year and a certain day, you know, I confessed and repented and gave my life to the Lord. The reality is confession and repentance is not a one-time thing for the Christian. It should be a daily practice because we constantly uh, need to be repenting and confessing uh, because we still live still live in, in a broken and fallen world, and we are still broken and fallen people. And yes, we believe in holiness, and yes, we believe in sanctification. And, and in years past within the church, during the days of legalism, it was, was taught that once you are sanctified, that you can no longer sin. And that is not true. That was that is something that was misunderstood. The reality is, even though we are sanctified, we still have the ability to disobey because of free will. We can, we, I'm, I've been sanctified and on the path of, of holiness and sanctification since 1993. And I'm here to tell you, since 1993 until now, there have been plenty of times that I've messed it up and I've disobeyed. Now, the reality is uh, that, that it was in those times that we don't want to. The want to is taken away as the Holy Spirit cleanses our uh, fallen nature. But we still live in a we still live in a in a broken and fallen world. In First John chapter one verse nine, we know the these words: If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mercy is obtainable through faith in Jesus Christ because of God's abundant mercy how many of you are glad that, that there is not an expiration date on god's mercy <laughs> have you ever been in that situation where you've done something and and you're expecting something or whatever it might be and and the individual oh, i'm sorry you are one day too late you've missed out you've missed out i can remember um way back when i well, not, not way back, but way back. Not way back. I'm, I'm only 48. Uh, I made the mistake one time of 
saying to folks, you know, I felt old uh, from the platform. And there was one old saint who was 90 at the time, and he, he was a, a wonderful Christian man. He's in heaven now. He came up to me, wrapped his arms of, of love around me, and said, I want you to know that I have socks that are older than you. Now, I don't know what that says about his wardrobe, uh, but the reality is I can remember when I was a kid, and I loved, I loved collecting Star Wars figures. I, I absolutely uh, was enamored with it. And during that time, I forget what it was, if you got so many, you could send away in the mail, uh, and you would receive a special, exclusive, limited edition uh, figure. And, and, I, and, and I did it in and, and, and the hope that I had it was going to be so great. And I waited because back then we didn't have instant anything. It was 8 to 12 weeks. By the time it shows up in the mail, you've forgotten that, that you sent away for it. We, I, I, I got it and I was, I was so excited, but that excitement soon faded. And in, in the world that we live in, we, we come into to things in our lives and circumstances where for a moment we are excited, but soon after that the excitement Fades. Kind of like a new car. Man, a new car is great when it's new. But after a while, it's not new anymore. But the reality is when it comes to the hope and the mercy of God, it's brand new, the scriptures declare, brand new each and every day. Each and every day it is brand new. Because of God's abundant mercy, we who are sinners can have the assurance of not just any kind of hope, but Peter puts it this way, to a living hope. Because of his great mercy, we can have hope. But secondly, and more importantly this morning, the reason that you and I can have hope in the midst of a hopeless society and a hopeless world is because Jesus is alive. Jesus right now is alive. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is absolutely crucial to the hope that we have. If Christ is not risen, the Apostle Paul in one of his letters declares, if Christ is not risen, then the faith that you and I have is in vain. Or put it another way, the faith that you and I have is worthless if Jesus isn't risen. But I'm here to say that the garden tomb is still empty today. On this last day of July of 2022, in fact, there's a, a pastor that, that, that I listen to quite regularly and who has gone to Israel several times. And one time in the midst of, of talking to folks, he says, you know, I've been to the garden tomb I think it was five times that he said, and each and every time that I've gone there and I've peered in, it is still empty. And the tomb today is still empty. And Jesus himself is sitting at the right hand of the Father, right in these moments, very much alive. If Christ is not risen, 
we are still held guilty for our sins and no forgiveness has occurred. If Christ is not risen, those who died as Christians are lost. If Christ is not risen, then we do not have a living hope, but we should be pitied above all men as the scriptures declare. But the reality is, and the truth is, and the hope that we have is that Jesus is alive. And because of that, we have reasons to believe. And by our faith in his resurrection, we are born again. The old has gone, the new has come. And we were born again to a living hope that resides within us and continues each and every day. And it is true. Everything Jesus said about our hope is true. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said to, uh, to the woman, to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he goes on to ask that crucial question. Do you believe this? And that is the question that you and I need to ask ourselves this morning. And, and yes, I realize that we're in a church and... and uh, we're, we're Christians and we believe in the message of the gospel. But the reality is as, as life encroaches upon us and life, life doesn't play fair sometimes. Many times life doesn't play fair. And the devil, one of the things that he seeks to do, it says that he seeks to steal and to kill and destroy. He seeks to steal the hope that we have through circumstances that, that come in our lives. He seeks to, to steal away the, the reality of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And, and he's so sneaky. The Bible calls him a, a serpent, and he is uh, that age-old serpent. And he's so sneaky, and he's so subtle. And he begins to whisper to us at times, you know, if God really loved you, you wouldn't be dealing with this. If God really cared about you, do you think, do you think you would be going through this period of time? Do you, if God, I mean, God hasn't forgiven you. I mean, look at you. You're a mess upon a mess. You're a train wreck wrapped inside of an airplane crash in the midst of a dumpster fire. And if we're not careful, and if we're not truly grounded, we begin to believe what he says. Because the reality is, before we met Jesus, we all were. Mess, airplane crashes in the midst of dumpster fires. And there's nothing true about that. And, and, and he comes to accuse us. Now, I don't know about you, but in my own life, I've come to recognize and realize uh, that when the devil comes to accuse, he doesn't have to make stuff up. He doesn't have to make stuff up in my life. Oh, wow, why did you say that? Why did you do that? How in the world is God ever going to accept you because you told that person, you know, did they learn how to drive out of a cereal box? You know, were they, 
and, 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 that's, and that's calm. And that's calm, you know. Um, I've, questioned, I've questioned folks, you know, uh, intelligence to the point of, you know, uh, and, and I'm not proud of it, but it's forgiven, so don't hold it against me, because Jesus doesn't, you know. Um, you know, were, were, were you born that way, or did you have to practice being that intelligently deficient, is a nice way to put it. But the reality is, I need to move on, because I'm telling you all way too much about, uh, about me. And you're thinking, yeah, you are a mess, and you're right. But the reality is that because of the reality of who Jesus is and what he has done, all of that, and yes, I've done it. And as the devil accuses me, yes, I've done it. That's who I was. But the Bible says that I am a brand new creature, and this is who I am. And I believe and have hope in the reality that Jesus, right now, in these moments, as he's seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding uh, for us, it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes uh, for us with words and groans uh, that we can't even begin to express. I am absolutely sure that, that as that intercession is going on on behalf of me, there are words and groans that words can't express but I'm so thankful that because Jesus is alive I can have hope all the things that I've done all the things uh, words that I've said all the sins that I've committed are washed under the blood of Jesus Christ and they will never be held against me and one day I'm going to stand in his presence face to face and he's not going to say to me how could you he is going to say, I truly believe, welcome home. We've been waiting for you. Come on in. You'll never believe what we have prepared for you. I love that old song of the church that, that we used to sing, a tent or a cottage, why should I care? He's building a mansion for me over there. And I'm looking forward uh, to that day. And I've often said that because of all that Jesus has forgiven me for, there are some folks who are going to go into heaven uh, prim and proper and reserved and reverent. I'm going to go in like a wild person. I'm going to be like the, the craziest fan in the stand because of what I know was and what I get to enjoy forever and ever and all that is. And I am going uh, to be uh, ecstatic. That wonderful song uh, from Mercy Me, you know, I can only imagine, <laughs> you know, I can only imagine what it's going to be like as we think about the reality. But because of the hope that we have, the hope that is only in Jesus Christ, the hope that the Apostle Peter, who, who very well knows of this hope, relays to us, it's a living hope. Because of that hope, uh, not only can we, can we uh, grab a hold of the mercy of God and realize that it is true, but we can also grab a hold of and the realization and be reminded once again, Jesus is alive. And because of that, there is so much for us to hope in. There is so much for us to, 
uh, to look forward to. There is so much for us to, uh, to be excited about in the coming days because one day all of us together as Christians, we're all going to be neighbors. Now, if you knew me, and I'm not going to tell you more about me. I've told you enough. But if you really knew me, you probably, you know, I don't know if I want to be his neighbor. But the reality is we're all going to be neighbors in that wonderful land. And it's going to be a wonderful time. And, and one of the greatest things that I look forward to and I, I, I long for, the Bible declares that God himself will wipe the tears from our eyes. He will wipe the tears from our eyes. And I am thankful for that. And we can hope in that. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, a mercy that we can cling to. He has caused us to be born again into a living hope. It's alive. It is breathing. And why is this? Because Jesus is alive. And it is crucial to our, to our hope. So today, as, as, as I close this morning, let me ask you, it is, is this hope yours today? Is this hope yours today? I hope it is. I hope it is. Is this hope we, I've tried to, to describe and talk about? Is it hope? Is it yours today? As you think about your life, if it is, celebrate and declare Lord, please help me continue living in the hope that you've given to me. The reality of your mercy, the reality of, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But if you, uh, even now or in the future, look out into the world and you begin to sense the hopelessness, I would just encourage you to take the opportunity to go before him and ask him to, to, to refill the hope and refill uh, the assurance that, that we have. In verse 6, we didn't read this this morning, but the reality is Peter talking about hope, it says, in this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. We rejoice in the hope that we have. It's a hope that lies not within us, but within the mercy of God and the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me, please, this morning as we pray together. Father, I thank you for these good folks. Lord, I pray today that, that we would and have been reminded of the hope that we can have in you, the hope that, as the Apostle Peter declares, is a living hope. It's a living hope because of your great mercy. Father, we thank you for your mercy today. We thank you, Father, that because we have given our lives to you as Lord and Savior, that we will not get what we deserve. We thank you for your mercy. And Father, we thank you again and again and again for the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, that when the enemy comes to deceive us and to distract us, 
that we would be reminded again and again of the hope that we have in the resurrection as we look forward to that day, that day that we have placed our hope in, that day that we hear from you face to face, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Help us in these days, Father, to, uh, to be mindful of the hope that we have and just continue to bless us with your presence in these days. We thank you, Father. Where is the hope as I began this morning? Our hope is in you and you alone. And we thank you for it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.